0: Hey, welcome to Optimize Your Body with Martin Silva, where we talk raw, uncut facts to truly help you optimize your body. Lindy Cohen, aka The New Nutritionist. How are you doing today, Lindy? I'm
1: so good. And just for anyone else who's listening, I am wearing clothing. It's not that kind of podcast.
0: No, I know. They they got kind of excited there. They're thinking, wow, New Nutritionist, that's a new one.
1: (laughs) Definitely listening to that. (laughs) Exactly,
0: for sure. There we are. So now we've got their attention. Yeah, so the same question I guess I ask all oh, my guests, Lindy. Um, by the way, this is the second time I've had Lindy on the show. She uh, Lindy was on the show a while back, so a year and a half ago. Episode 20 it was. We're now to episode 73. So thank you for coming again, coming down again. And yeah, if you'd like to tell the listeners for the second time, because I have a bit of a new audience now, who you are and what you do, Lindy. And don't cut back here, right? So I know you've got a lot of you know, Channel 9, you've got it all going on here, right? So, uh, <laughs> no pressure.
1: I'll lay in thick. I, um, I'm a nutritionist, I'm a dietitian, so a bit of a double degree there, and I guess, I, yes, I go, I go on TV, I do the morning segments on Today Show, and I, I have a book called The New Nutritionist, I've got a new program called Back to Basics, um, but pretty much what I specialize in is helping people who know how to eat healthily, but don't end up doing it. What I... What, to me, is the psychology behind eating, because to be honest, most of us we have a pretty good understanding of what to eat. The challenge is when push comes to shove, life gets busy. We don't end up doing it. We struggle with consistency. We struggle with just having enough time to fit it all in. And so that's that's where I come in.
0: Mm, great. I like what you said there. We could talk for hours about this, but consistency is so important. And like you said, it blows my mind as well as an online coach and personal trainer, having coached all the people I've coached and witnessed you know all the kind of disorders with food and gone through that myself and obviously you've had your experiences which we may you know allude to a bit later but yeah like behavioral change is very difficult right but it is simple so actually being consistent with the simple things is the most important thing to get significant results right and i find with all the information we have out there today lindy People just become inundated with lots of information which isn't serving them, and then you know they end up overwhelmed, right?
1: Yeah. Well, this is the big problem. I mean, I don't think you should cut out carbs. I think you should just cut out the crappy health advice that you get. That's all around you, and you're going to be so much better. Because when you you only really have so much capacity for your brain to think about things. So when you're spending it thinking about all these things you have to do, and we know there's so many things you can be doing, you just get a bit of an overload, um, and the whole the whole system crashes. So what we, as you said, we've got to focus on one thing at a time, and it's not—it's boring, it's not sexy, it's not exciting to say, "Hey, just do one thing at a time," but it works. Um, I guess I guess you alluded to my story, but basically, I grew up and I was obsessed with trying to eat healthily. Um, I developed an eating disorder. I was, I, I was obese at one point. I had a really messy relationship with food. I knew exactly what I should be doing. But I had all these rules and regulations about how to do it and when to do it and the perfect way to do it. And so I ended up not being able to do anything at all. So when we try to do too much too soon, nothing happens. We all know this.
0: Absolutely. And it's like that with anything in life, right? You try to do too much and you end up doing nothing and not taking action, right? Yeah. So One what,
1: what of the challenges we try to be perfect, right? Where we think, mm. okay, well, i got to get to the gym for this amount of time. And if I don't get to the gym, what's the point of doing anything at all? So we go, I get too busy. Well, I'm not going to go. And, and, and so we miss it. Or if we can't do something like cook this perfect meal, we're like, what's the point in cooking anything at all? But ultimately, these little things really do add up to something really big. Um, and part of being healthy is letting go of this perfectionism that we have, this ideal idea of how we're meant to look, this idea of how we're meant to eat, how we're meant to train to look a certain way. It's not achie- achie- achievable. It's not sustainable. It's not. It can't be the goal. If what you really want is sustainability
0: and consistency sure couldn't agree more with that and you know imperfection is is perfection that's what makes life so great right yeah no one's perfect and unless you take action and you know you're going to have a few setbacks along the way again relating it to anything in life but the key thing is to keep the momentum right and the consistency which is something i'd like to elaborate on a little bit more lindy is the consistency because as you say it is very fascinating the psychology behind behavioral change and you know You know, food in general, all these things, which obviously all relate to behavior. It fascinates me when, you know, you tell someone, even as a trainer, it's very hard to get people long-term results, like it is with anyone, right? Mm -hmm. But it's simple, it's straightforward when they, you you have to obviously adapt to the person and and find something which they're going to adhere to, to make it simple. But like online clients I have, it's even harder than because I don't even see these people, right? However, consistency, when they continue to put just one foot in front of the other, and like you said, it's an incremental thing. So what you what you talked about at the start is what I always preach about is, you know, long-term sustainable health. And, you know, if you want to build a good-looking body, that comes with that anyway as a byproduct. But, you know, it needs to be a slow process. Like it's a marathon, you know, it's not a sprint. And just, as you say, consistency. Talk to me a little bit more about that because it is very challenging to get people to be consistent with even, you know, the simple things. And once again, I guess this comes down to several things, but... The information that they have their friends telling them one thing, they have social media tell them another thing. So then you have to kind of then re—I don't know—kind of like reestablish establish uh, the right patterns and stuff, right? As a coach, and uh, with I guess even with your um, with your what's your program called again? Back to basics. Back to basics. There I mean, you go.
1: Pretty much, my main job is dispelling all the bullshit out there. To be mm-hmm. honest. Here's the big thing that people mess up all the time. They rely on willpower to help them be consistent. Now, your willpower is like a muscle. Yes, if you use it, it's going to get stronger and better. But also like a muscle, it has um, a load that it can handle. And after that point, it, it just basically is going to exhaust itself. So if you're constantly relying on your willpower to keep you consistent, you're not going to get there. You can, you can maybe be consistent for a week, two, three, even a few months. But sooner or later, you realize that you don't want to have to constantly force yourself to do something. And we really, when it comes to health, we we shouldn't be forcing ourselves to do anything. I really think people need to find enjoyment in the stuff they do. I call it the enjoyment zone. You know, every we have a heart rate zone. We have like, um, you know, fat burn zone. What you really need is an enjoyment zone. And so ultimately, if you're always enjoying something, you don't need to rely on your willpower. You want to go to the gym. You want to eat healthily. And so sometimes what we got to do is go, all right, listen, ideally, I could be training this much but what I really enjoy enjoy doing is training like this. Let me start training in the way that I enjoy and then find the enjoyment within that and then just build on that. But you've got to start with the enjoyment. If, if you're forcing yourself, if it's feeling like punishment, if it's feeling hard, you're doing it wrong. That's not health. Nothing about that is healthy. So always reminding yourself, am I sticking within the enjoyment zone? And if not, what can I do to make it more enjoyable? And maybe that means sacrificing a little bit of intensity to get more consistency because... You know, sometimes we, we, we have this dream of how we'd like things to look, but it's just not going to work in the long term.
0: No, I like that. Enjoyable, making it enjoyable. That is actually paramount, if you ask me. Doing something you enjoy. Let's just, let's just talk about exercise, you know. People always think, oh, you know, I want to get in good shape, right? I should lift weights. I should do this. I should do that because they're just, once again, getting influenced by whatever it is. And they, they think that by doing that, you know, yes, you might get in shape, but what are you going to adhere to, right? So exercise you enjoy, even if it's, I don't know, playing tennis, whatever it is, salsa, it could be anything, right? Anything that gets you moving and active and fit, you've got to do what you enjoy. So I like that.
1: Even if you're just starting out, maybe that's just going for a walk. Yeah. I know, you know, if you're, you might be going, oh, well, that's not enough, it's not enough to do anything. Yeah, well, anything done consistently is enough. You know, mm. what's not enough is when you try to go hard and then you end up doing all or nothing. Mm. And then for weeks on end, you know, you fall off it completely. That's not doable. Yeah. So a little bit less, a little bit more consistency, it works.
0: Definitely. And walking, that's why I always promote to people. Mm. It's very simple. Makes you feel great, especially when you get outdoors. And just movement in general, right? Just moving around is good for longevity. makes you feel good mentally. And then obviously the, the calories you burn and stuff, again, comes comes as a byproduct. But Talk to me a little bit more about that, Lindy, about the on or off wagon, the all or nothing mentality, because I used to be the type A personality, actually, and uh, went extreme with stuff. And I've experienced it, I experienced it time and time again with people. Okay, just tell us more about that. And I was going to say, any challenges you've faced with people with that mindset? Yeah,
1: I mean, all I, well, I used to be an all or nothing person, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I used to think, oh, okay, well, it's Monday. All right, let me start. Let me be really good. That means I'm not going to eat this, I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to be clean, I'm going to be healthy, I'm doing all the things right. But then ultimately what happens is, you know, maybe I'd come home from work that afternoon and end up eating everything in the house. Honestly, just couldn't stop eating. And then the next day, at night, I'd lie in bed at night going, how do I do better again tomorrow? All right, I'm going to be good tomorrow. I'm going to be even better tomorrow to outweigh all the bad I've done today. And so I wake up the next morning, motivated again, and do it again. This is a very common cycle. This is a cycle that most people get stuck in. Maybe yours isn't daily like mine was. Maybe it's weekly. Maybe it's, I eat really well during the week, but then it gets to the weekend, and I overeat, and then on Monday, I just start again. I mean, that's so common. If you notice that thinking, just know, A, you're stuck in all or nothing mindset. And what we got to do is, is actually allow a little bit of flexibility into your diet, because I think it's really easy to take healthy eating um, to the extreme and get obsessed. And where is that line between when am I healthy and when is this becoming something where I can't go out and socialize with my friends anymore because food makes me feel stressed, makes me feel anxious? Um, The thing about healthy eating is that it feels so good to do. It's so addictive, especially when you start to notice the differences in your body. You start to get those compliments from other people. And so we get all these um, reinforcers telling us to keep doing this. So it's very easy to slip into that all mindset. and And then we stay stuck there. Um, and so I think we need to actually start to rethink how we, how we do this health thing. Um, have you, what do what you, what's your experience with the all enough nothing mindset?
0: The all enough nothing mindset. So yeah, I also like yourself, just long story short, had an eating disorder, binge eating disorder. Mm-hmm. By the way, folks, Lindy specializes in this. as so, Lindy is a nutritionist, as she mentioned, but also you specialize in eating disorders, right? That's how you've kind of, that's your wheelhouse, if you like, right? Yeah. So we talked a lot about that in the last episode, but yeah, I'd like to talk a little bit about this now. And with my experience, uh, I just done a lot of restrictive eating, Lindy. So I was restricting foods and then binging, just a just a simplifier. Doing fit, from doing fitness competitions and several different photo shoots and having to get you know shredded for so to speak, I was cutting back and restricting my food sources, which is totally unnecessary anyway. Even if you do want to get super lean and shredded. Not necessary. What you've got to do is obviously create the calorie deficit and keep your protein intake at a, a certain level so you just sort of blunts the appetite and you're not craving foods all the time. So once again, it was quite simple, but I got the wrong advice and I was just restricted eating maybe about five or six different types of foods, mainly just meat and veg, um, cut down, do a shoot or do a competition, and then what I like to call a symptom eruption then. I didn't realize that was happening at the time, but um, I was just going on crazy binge eating episodes. And yeah, it took me a while to shake that off, so even in between my shows and stuff like that, all I knew was eating restricted food, you know, let's say Monday, to, I wouldn't even make it to Friday, right, so Monday to Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday would sometimes turn into a whole binge of eating just pizzas, everything, you name it, all the worst kind of food, so that was my experience, yeah, so.
1: And I think what people don't realize is that binge eating is different from overeating. So binge eating is something, and by the way, binge eating disorder is a diagnosable eating disorder. Um, It's what happens if if you have uncontrollable eating and you eat way more food than you typically would in any given given setting and it's happening more than once a week for a period of three months. That's the diagnosis criteria. And I think a a huge number of people, particularly who are really interested in health, can easily fall into a binge pattern. Now overeating is different. Overeating is like you go out with your mates and maybe you have a little bit too much to eat and you feel like you can't stop after, you know, go, go back for seconds, very different. Binge eating is what happens is when you feel deprived, when you feel restricted, your brain trips over into a primal mode, a mode where it has to save you by getting enough calories. You're not doing enough of a good job at feeding it, and so it kind of seizes control. In that way, I think it makes us really strong. It's a very unique um evolutionary um thing that's that's new in the human brain that we're actually able to do this and it's it's amazing because it protects us. But when you're deep in binge eating, the trouble is it's very isolating because these binges happen by yourself. They're not like a public thing. You just try to get as much food as you possibly can. And and when you binge, and I'm sorry, I'm talking from experience, I haven't given you the context. I also had binge eating disorder for 10 years. Um, And when you're eating and you're in a binge, um, no amount of food seems to satiate you pretty much until someone else comes home or you get too tired or there's just not enough food in the house. That's typically when a binge can end. it can be pretty crazy so if you can relate and even maybe if you're not having these extreme kinds of binges, but you're starting to notice that uh actually you're having this uncontrollable relationship with food just know this is this is something that you can get control over what it requires you to do is to release your control over food and i know that sounds ridiculous well if i start controlling what i'm going to eat then i'm just going to eat everything right Yet, the opposite happens. Right now, you are trying to control everything you're eating, and what's what's happening is you're binging all the time. Now, if we actually want to then get control, relaxing control over food means you're going to eat less. And I know that's a crazy idea to think about. Oh, that makes sense. It's counterintuitive, but that's what's got to happen. And the hardest thing in binge eating recovery is this fear of, I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to lose control of my body. I'm going to lose control of my weight. Um, and you, you're going to get to a point where you go, I, I don't want to keep living like this in this all-or-nothing mindset. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a great point you mentioned there because I read a book called Brain Over Binge. I don't know if you read that book.
1: Haven't read
0: it. Anyway, it's uh, written by an Australian woman. And, yeah, it just talks about what you said then, the, the animal voice. You know, it's a, it's a primal thing. You know, we can't, our brain, our animal brain anyway, can't always, I guess, distinguish the difference between, you know, especially when I wanted to mention when, you know, a lot of food, especially processed foods, which... I guess, uh, you know, myself and you would have binged on back in the day, you know, when you uh, lose control, and these foods are kind of engineered to make you continue to eat and not stop, right? They're they're hyper palatable foods. So it's very hard to stop. And you know, what I was going to say is, yeah, so to control that is obviously the types of foods you're eating and stuff like that is, is very important, right? So and that's what I like about your approach is you simplify things, and you say, look, you know, you don't even talk too much about, you know, calories and stuff like that, which is great, because it's just, if you eat whole foods for the most part, this is not going to be obviously 100%, it's very hard to overeat and go on those kind of binge eating episodes, right?
1: Well, uh, yeah, and I think really what we want to do is instead of focusing on all the foods you're not allowed to eat, right, like creating this list of forbidden foods, what happens when you do that is all you can think about is hey, don't have sugar, don't have carbohydrates, don't drink alcohol, don't have whatever it is that you deem not good enough to be eaten, and that that's all that plays in your brain. It takes up so much of that headspace. What I suggest you do is instead of thinking of the can't haves, just start focusing on the foods you want to eat more of. Honestly, if you cut out anything, you're going to want to, you're going to crave it. Um, it's going to make it harder for you when you do have it. You're going to have that out of control relationship. What we want to be doing is how do I crowd in more of the healthy stuff? Naturally, you're going to eat healthier. Naturally, you'll eat fewer calories, you'll eat more protein, you'll eat the, the better stuff, but without that messed up relationship with food. There are no good or bad foods. There is sometimes having a piece of cake is great, mm. but we don't want to do that every single day. So even just notice that language that you have, if you go, oh, this is a bad food, this is good food, this is good for me to have, this is bad for me. No, there's, there's a time and place for everything. Yeah. Practice crowding in more of the healthy stuff. So How, how can I crowd in more vegetables? Only 8% of Australians eat enough vegetables per day. I eat more vegetables than anyone I know. And everyone's always going, what's the secret? What's this healthy thing that I need to be doing? Vegetables, it's not sexy. It's not like, yeah. you know, as marketable as, as detox teas and lemon water and all that other bullshit, yeah. but it works. So a question for you right now, if you're listening, how many serves of vegetables did you eat yesterday? A serve of vegetables is the size of your fist. I want you having five to ten. Can you honestly say you ate five to ten serves of vegetables yesterday? plus you had one to two serves of fruit, plus you had some legumes in your week, you had some whole grains in your your diet. When you're actually putting all that stuff together, there isn't room for the other stuff. Mm. So naturally, we crowd in the healthier stuff, get your brain thinking about more and not that lack mentality, and healthy eating becomes so much easier. You're not wasting your willpower on stuff that doesn't even need controlling.
0: Mm. I love that, yeah. And that's my approach always is to know don't cut back because people think when they want to get in shape straight away, the first thing they think is when they want to lose body fat is coming back to restriction again. I need to restrict. I need to cut back and I need to be disciplined and strict. And like you said, willpower, right? Willpower is tiring, right? There's only so much resource you have when it comes to willpower. And it's you know it's a lot easier to kind of um, avoid temptation than to resist it, right? So I know you always talk about not keeping certain foods in the house which is a big takeaway I took from our last podcast actually and that's helped a lot of people just something I knew but I wasn't really implementing just telling people not to buy those foods processed foods and keep them in the house because yeah, you
1: can eat them out no, Yeah, no, yeah. I definitely don't cut them on from new diet but Of course, like, oh, yeah, in the house I meant It doesn't need to sit next to you Oh no, exactly, <laughs> that's it
0: and you mentioned then quickly and I noticed one of, your post, uh, one of your posts recently about detox diets and all these kind of things and these fats it wasn't a post actually you were on This Morning uh, TV and... Yeah, something I always talk about to avoid at all costs. I don't even know where to start, really, but they're just not sustainable in any way, shape, or form. They're
1: right, outrageous. It's such yeah. shitty advertising, and I mean yeah. that literally, figuratively, in all ways, in the sense of the
0: word. It's terrible. Yeah, so talk to us a little bit about your experience, because I bet I bet with your one-to-one clients and nutritionists, and obviously with your experience personally, you get that quite a lot. People trying to you know cut corners, do it the fast way. Instead of doing it the right way, which I always say to people, they try and do it in a fast way, and they try and get on this Herbalife life and all these crappy fitties, whatever it is, rather than you know taking a smart approach, right?
1: Um, one of the things I always recommend is that it's not worth giving up ninety-five percent of your life to weigh five percent less. And I think we get to this point where we go, oh, it's just the last you know little bit of body fat percentage I need to to lose, the last few kilograms. How much of your life are you going to need to sacrifice? that small gain at some point the equation just doesn't stack up you only have a small amount of time on this earth and you can either choose to have it being a few kilograms lighter or you can choose to have your life and i think a lot of the times we're kind of we're kind of pushed into thinking that you know from instagram from these detox teas from all this bullshit that gets promoted to us that this is a worthy swap it is not a worthy swap um you've got it you either choose pleasing other people with how you look or you choose living a life that feels good to you, right? Like, that's kind of it. We all wake up, we have these bad body image days. Some days you're going to look in the mirror and go, not good, right? It doesn't matter what you're eating, how much you weigh, how what your body fat percentage is, this is just natural. Because we're told from everyone that we need to look great from every angle at all, at all moments of the day, but this is not your life's purpose. You do not need to be the fittest person on earth. You do not need to have the lowest body fat percentage. No one else gives a shit. So don't waste your life trying to achieve something that's just not worth having. It's not your life's purpose to look perfect at the beach. What you've got to do is find that happy balance between, listen, I'm being healthy, I'm doing these things that make me feel good, but I'm not giving up my entire life mm. just to look a certain way.
0: So true. And the funny thing is, you know, people, some people listening are like, well, actually, I do want to look good on the beach. Not perfect. There's no such thing as perfect as you. I'm glad you kept saying that then. But well, you know, when you look after your health, and as we said, you focus on the simple things, and you're consistent with looking after your health, making your health a priority, then you know, I can I can talk from experience here. Your physique comes as a byproduct because I can totally identify with what you were saying then, with you know, wanting to look good on the beach. I was when I was try, when I had the binge eating issue, I was trying to be, because I'd been on stage and being compared to others, it kind of cemented in those um, body image issues even even more. And not that I had any going into it. But I was constantly chasing the aesthetics. How
1: can you not? Yeah. How can you not? Yeah. Exactly.
0: That, that was toxic because then it was, and then when I switched my mindset over to focusing on, you know, the markers, the health markers, such as, you know, how's my energy levels, how's my sleep, you know, how's my skin looking, all these kind of things. Yeah. That's when the physique came as a, as a byproduct then. But yeah, body image is, um, we've talked about, talk about all the time in this podcast now. But um, I love, you know, on, on your Instagram and the stuff you promote, you always talk about, you know, you know, the Instagram and reality posts, I love those posts, right? Because the humility and, and having people relate to you, the fact that we do, people, some people, you know, the Insta-famous models, whatever, whatever you want to call them, influencers, I hate that word, but, um, you know, they're taking about 50,000 different shots um, before they actually post it. It's just not real life,
1: right? So think about this, we have these celebrities who are getting paid millions of dollars to promote shit to us, like detox teas and they have no moral compass. They're ultimately just trying to earn even more money than they currently have. We have Instagram influencers who are so insecure in their bodies and in themselves that they have to get so much plastic surgery, take a million selfies, edit those selfies with the right lighting, with the right makeup, in the right clothes, people literally will leave their house and they'll go and do a photo, a photo shoot just to look a certain way. And it's absolutely messed up. And this is the culture we live in. We think this is normal, we think this is health. It's got nothing to do with health or wellness. And I think we need to get smarter about this whole detox world. There's kind of there's all these people who try to sell us all this stuff all the time mm. that we don't need to be healthy. Um, get really good at cutting out the crap on your social media feed. It used to be that you become like the people you spend the most time with. These days, it's who you hang out with on social media. Mm, it's who follow. you actually become. So Definitely. if you follow narcissists, you will become more like that. If you follow people who have the right goals, who are kind of in the same pathway, who you would like to become, you're going to come become more like them. And, and you know, following people who are genuinely healthy and not just getting obsessed and not just promoting bullshit is really essential. Mindset is everything when it comes to food, Right. Definitely and training, everything. absolutely everything, so that is the most important right, um, muscle that you have, get, get good at using it and take control of it
0: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, and once again, you're talking about a lot of stuff which I can kind of relate to, and you were saying about, about oh, I've lost my train of thought now, I've got so many, <laughs> so many questions for you, pressure's on that I got, got
1: excited about detoxes and-
0: I, I did, yeah, I got, I, got, I got excited there, but no, um, yeah, that's it, Instagram, right, so I you know, I talk about you know, Insta, Instagram models and whatnot, but I fell into that rabbit hole right where I started competing, and then I started getting having photo shoots, fitness modeling stuff, and then I was posting the pictures, getting you know thousands of likes or whatever it was, yeah. and that became addictive right so, so addictive. oh so addictive, and I really I lived off that the likes and I wasn't adding any value value to people's lives really and it just it just rang an alarm bell then because I thought, wow, I was one of those although in real life I've never really been um, a full-blown narcissist anyway maybe a little bit but not a full-blown but yeah on Instagram I must have been coming across and really making other people's lives when people land on my page back then for example it's not going to make them feel better about themselves right which is something that I am aware of now it's like how do people feel when they land on your page you know what what value you add in and all the rest of it so yeah, it's, it's, it's a toxic game, right? But no, um, that's
1: all matters now is that you're actually playing a different game. Everyone yep. is still stuck in that old mindset, but we've got to start to think things differently. So I, nice. I, I do post these Instagram versus reality photos on my yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I love them. I love them. Um, so basically, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's like it's one photo, which is Instagram, me looking really pretty good, and the other one is just like a behind the scenes photo of me not looking so great. And people often ask me, like, don't you feel brave by posting that bad photo? It's like, actually, I feel so deeply confident in myself, in how I look, in who I am, that I do not need anyone else's validation anymore to say you look good, you're worthy, your body's okay. Like, I just so deeply know it. And I think on social media, we have this idea that if I share a perfect image of myself, people are gonna like me more. If I put out this this image that I'm a successful, amazing human, I'm gonna have more connections. Ultimately, what happens People resonate when we are being ourselves because when we are imperfect, it helps other people realize that it's okay for them to be their their real selves as well. And that's when we get content that people love. People love talking about the Instagram algorithm and how it's changed so much. It's bullshit. People want to see content that they like. So stop trying to be like everyone else. And instead, rethink, all right, what kind of content would you really love to see on social media? And put that out there and see maybe people are going to like it more when you're not trying to be this person you think you're meant to be and you're just existing as you are and turning up, even if that isn't perfect. Mm. Probably going probably to be liked a, little, a lot more than this Instagram version. Mm.
0: Let's talk a little bit about that, actually, because... I, I kind of generate making it sound like you know old, old now, but we're not, we're not really that old, but you know, <laughs> nowadays, <yeah. laughs> well, we did. I always talk about this. It feels like I, I don't know. I'm not really repeating myself, but anyway, well teenagers nowadays, right? We weren't exposed to the social media epidemic. I'm going to call it right because that's what it's kind of unfolding now. It's interesting the stats of teenagers suffering from depression and how that's uh, a big correlation, color, uh, correlation between that and when social media uh, and the iPhone came yeah, about actually, but.
1: So you guys know, it's, it's. I think it's 25% of young people these days have some kind of mental illness. 25%? Yeah, around anxiety wow. specifically. That's
0: crazy. So you mean like teenagers, you mean young adults in general? Just, uh, yeah. You know, that's
1: up to their 18 to 25-year-old age. Doesn't right? matter, does
0: it? That's a crazy stat, mm. 25%. Yeah, so do you think, because it was different when we were young, we didn't, we weren't exposed to this now, but obviously now we're a bit more, we kind of work. but we're a bit more, I guess, older now and stuff, and we kind of maybe look at it differently. Do you think it's... It's uh, accelerated, um, you know, kind of body image issues and insecurities and people based on your experience with clients and whatnot. Yeah,
1: I mean, well, eating disorder rates are going up dramatically. Mental health issues are going up dramatically. On the one hand, it's good because we have more awareness than we've Mm. ever had before. Mm. Social media has got to change. You can't just stay in the way it is right now. This narcissistic world that it is, it's got to be used for good. I like to think that the future generation are going to rise up and actually create something better for it. Because I don't think they're going to continue to use social media in its current format i do feel sorry for kids who are younger but then again i mean whether or not you're you're using social media or not we are basically told through every single media that we are not good enough in how successful we are and what we look like um and and, and it's not just you know swiping it mm. is absolutely everywhere yeah. so I, I feel sorry for us as well mm. this culture is going to change the other day i um i went on TV, and well, we had this debate around the Nike mannequin. Right. Basically, you have a, a, a size 16 mannequin, um, and people were getting really angry about it, going, You are promoting obesity, you are promoting people to be unhealthy. And my opinion on it is giving people clothing to exercise in, in their size, is always going to be a good thing and be promoting health. Up until this point, we have had mannequins that are so underweight that they would be deeply unhealthy in the real world. They wouldn't be able to menstruate. They would be at a much higher risk of any disease and they'll be more likely to die early than the person who's in a size 16 body. And what no one's really getting angry about the fact that that's the current status quo. So everywhere we look around, we are told that we need to look a certain way to be healthy. Mm. Um, it's not just on social media.
0: Mm, and that is an issue, isn't it? The, the, the day and age we live in now also is, people are much more sensitive and kind of, if you like, uh, I don't know what it is but everyone's going to someone's going to get offended no matter what happens right so it's like we're trying you're trying to appeal to the masses with like you know like you said like a mannequin or whatever but it seems like people get the wrong end of the stick, right? Like you say, it's, if if it's going to get people moving and doing something, you know, it's got to be a good thing, right? But
1: yeah, always a good thing, always yeah. a good thing. And also, like people will always get angry, you know, especially about something like nutrition, health. It is a political thing, right? It is it's like it a is. religion. People 100%. get feisty. Oh, definitely. Um, my opinion is is there's a lot of change that needs to happen in the health industry. Things are not okay right now, whether or not you're talking about the food that's on our shelves to the way that our kids don't get any food education at school. Things got to change, and if people aren't finding something wrong, um, if they aren't getting offended or angry at some point, are you even making a difference or having a change? Mm-hmm. Because the status quo has been set, and if we want to move forward in this health world, I think we need to be advocating for things and making some noise and maybe ruffling some feathers, and that's kind of okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And let's just talk a little, a little, veer veer a bit back now towards uh, the mindset stuff. What would you say, you know, based on your experience and having, you know? doing the talks on TV and all the stuff like that, you know, cause you're appealing to a lot of people and you obviously you have to be kind of strategic about how you convey your message. Right. So where I was go with this is how do you actually, what are the most important things would you say when it comes to mindset, We've talked about consistency, right. And, you know, just getting people long-term sustainable results. I always say, you know, this so discipline does come into it. Right. But, you know, patience is always a big, is a big one as well. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. What would you say, like, were your based on your experience?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, Patience is absolutely key. You have, I have people who email me and be like, oh, Lindy, I want to lose nine kilograms for my wedding. That's in like two months. <laughs> um, we have been told that you need to get gains, you need to gains pretty quickly, and that that's doable. And just because something is doable doesn't mean it's the right way to go about doing it. Now, if I, so I lost 20 kilograms a few years ago, and I've kept it off for anyone who can't see me. Um, it was, I struggled with my weight my entire life. And so I finally found what worked. And all that was, was I adopted healthy habits one by one by one until they became easy, effortless, enjoyable. And then I wanted to add in another one. And with time, I lost 20 kilograms. Now, if you had told me, um, uh, if, if, if I had weighed myself and tried to lose that weight, I would have gotten on the scale once a week, once a month, and been deeply disappointed with the fact that the scale was not moving in the right direction, and I would have given up. But because it was not about losing weight, I didn't even weigh myself. It was just about adding in those healthy habits. It was not even something I thought about. I lost the weight, and it was done over four years. Right? Mm. I think we have this idea that we need to lose the weight, we need to get the gains, we need to get it now. No, slow and steady really does win the race. Um, and if that means you're just making one small change a a month or every six months, whether or not that's, all right, I'm going to start walking more. All right, that's when I'm going to start standing. Um, instead of sitting at my desk, I'm going to cook one more meal. People think this stuff doesn't make a difference. This is the difference. This is the stuff that matters. Because when you start to accumulate these little habits, you string them together, they become your health. It's not, you know, all all we're doing right now is we're habit stacking. So what's one more habit that you can add into your diet that feels effortless, that feels fun, that feels enjoyable? And the question you need to ask yourself is, can I do this for the rest of my life? Honestly, people are like, oh, Lindy, what do you think about intermittent fasting? What do you mm. think about keto? What do you... you know what? All diets work. All diets work until they don't work, until you realize that you don't want to live like that for the rest of your life. And that's when you fall off the bandwagon. Because, yes, we can also stay in something for six months, but it, sooner or later, you realize that, hey, I don't want to avoid pasta forever. And whenever you go back to the previous lifestyle, you're going to regain the weight. You're going to lose out any of the health benefits. So the question you have to ask yourself, can I do this for the rest of my life? And you absolutely need to say...
0: Yeah, hell yes! Great, great, and yeah, that's it. How that's that's what people don't really take into account is like, can I can cons- c- be consistent with this for the rest of my life, kind of thing, right? So like, people who come to me and they want to do online coaching or let's just say personal training, and they're like, okay, right, well, I can commit to six sessions a week. I can do two with you and four more and they try going from zero to a hundred overnight, yeah. and it's just not sustainable. So, like you said, just just slow and steady wins the ra- the race, right? But I wanted to talk a little bit about your book on that note of food and. Um, because I've heard a few a few of my clients have mentioned it as well. Uh, we had a chat about it earlier, and um, seems to be doing really well. And do you find that? Have you have you, some of the feedback you've had? Do you find people are finding it a lot easier? And because um, the problem I have with a lot of people I coach is the food prep, preparing the uh, the food. You know, people have busy busy lifestyles and stuff like that. So a lot of them tend to get their meal prepared by companies or whatever to make it easier. But the ones who do prepare their food, you know, they get great results. And I guess that becomes another habit as well. Then, right? It's another form of you know discipline. Then, really, is not it?
1: That is that is a habit, and I don't even know it's a matter of discipline. It's just about having enough time and having you know to to do it all. Yeah. So the book of the new nutritionist is is like basically the book I wrote to help people who struggle with that mindset around food mm. and then there's heaps of recipes but what I've just released is something called back to basics so back to basics is basically a, an online platform you can buy your mobile or your desktop but it does that meal planning for you right like we all know what to eat but we just don't have the time to sit down and go oh, what am I going to eat on dinner each night and then write a shopping list so basically you get a healthy 20 minute dinner recipe each week night so it's quick it's got to be quick If it's not quick You're not going to do it. It Mm. uses everyday normal ingredients, not some weird superfood that you've got to like sell your kidney to be able to afford. Mm. And then the other thing that's really awesome about it is it integrates with shopping. So basically, you go into the recipe, add to your shopping list, and you can shop with it via Woolworths if you're in Australia. If you're in the UK, that's Tesco or Cardo or Amazon Fresh in the US or Walmart. Wherever you are in the world, pretty much, you can shop the recipes and add them to your shopping cart and get it delivered to your door. Plus, in Back to Basics, there's three workouts each week. Now, they're 20-minute workouts. So for someone who's not exercising at all, we have this idea that I've got to go from zero exercise to six hours of exercise a week. For most people, that's just not doable. So with Back to Basics, I want to whole rethink the whole way that we're currently doing this health program. You don't need to go from nothing to everything. So there's a mindset component into the program as well because ultimately, real change takes time. You Definitely. know, this isn't going to happen overnight. No. And so it's just feeding content, helping people with the hard, and clunky admin stuff, just to make things a lot easier. Because what I, what's really important to me is that this wasn't going to be another meal plan. This isn't like me telling you to eat this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's not sustainable. No, no we know, we generally get the idea. It's just we don't want to have to spend all of our brain power each night finding a new recipe, putting it all together. That's mm. kind of that solution there.
0: Mm. Great, yeah, that's it in the nutshell, really. It's, it's, it's how you know how are you going to sustain it, really? And I, like you said, it's got to be enjoy. I make it sound a bit like when I say discipline and all these things. Like it's an enjoyable process, as you say. When you start doing stuff which makes you feel good, mm. that becomes addictive. Like when you start moving more and, and walking more, you know, racking your steps up. Generally, you start to feel better. You have more energy. Um, you know, and all the rest of it. And the same goes when you're eating well. When you start you start connecting the dots, which was an absolute game changer for me when I started on the road to eating intuitively, if you like, because that's why I always like to get people is to that level of eating intuitively, right? But that's, um, you know, as you say, it's a process. But when I started connecting to the fact that, you know, eating more healthy fats and certain types of fats and vegetables, that, that was number one for me, just eating more vegetables. I started to feel much better. Everything, like my skin improved, I started sleeping better, you know, my performance in the gym improved. So when it comes to mindset, I was going to ask you, what are the biggest challenges you face with people that you communicate with and that you try to help?
1: The biggest questions I always get from people is, Lindy, what do I eat and how much do I eat? Right? Like just, just tell me, just just tell me and I'll do it I'll do it and I'd I love to be able to tell you this, but I don't need to see the whole idea behind intuitive eating is that your body intuitively knows how much and what to eat. It wants it's got your back it, it, yeah. and if you stop listening to the noise around you and you just tune into your body, it's going to help guide you. So basically, you have your appetite, right? Which you know, appetite is basically your body's weight management system. That's mm-hmm. all it's good for, right? It's going to tell you, I'm hungry, it's time to eat, you need more energy. So if you get out of this whole mindset, I have to eat six more meals a day, or, or I have to have breakfast, the most important meal of the day, um, then you get back into intuition. Maybe it is that you're just one of those people who don't need to eat that frequently, and that's what helps you manage your weight. Also, what you were just saying, this idea that when you eat healthily, you feel good. You don't need me as a nutritionist to say, eat this, because if you just stop listening to all the crap and you tune it to yourself, you go, this is what makes me feel good. And so I think we spend all this time externally checking for these references. What do they eat on a day on a plate? What's this expert recommending? It does not matter. When you eat well, you feel it. So stop asking other people for their opinion about health. You know the basics. From this point, just experiment with your body, right? Mm-hmm. No one will ever be the expert on your body like you are. So trial new foods. Does this work for me? Does this not work for me? And get out of your brain and into your body a little bit more. Intuitive eating is the way forward. It is a simple thing that we can all do for the rest of our lives. So the biggest thing I see with clients is wanting external validation for how they eat instead of just checking with their bodies. And when you do, you don't have to worry about what I'm eating and how much I'm eating because I'm your body does that work for you.
0: Absolutely. that is it. That is how you explain intuitive eating. And yeah, so I was just going to say, so the challenges obviously for for a lot of people are just kind of avoiding the processed foods, right? So I wanted to talk to you real quick about that, about, um, because it seems like you have a balanced lifestyle and you eat, you know, obviously you eat primarily whole foods and, you know, foods that you enjoy eating now, right? Because once again, it's an intuitive road. So now intuitively you're kind of in tune with the signals now, right? You kind of know what your body needs. Plus, you make food which is tasty, based on what I've seen on you know on your Instagram and stuff, right? But a lot of people still struggle with processed food. So I guess this is two questions in one, but like how much processed foods do you eat, right, in terms of, you know, pizzas and anything out of a package, stuff which is not ideal for your body, on average, if you had to say a percentage, and how do people avoid, not avoid, but how do people kind of um, minimize overeating these foods? It's very hard not to overeat them, right, for some people. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, we're, we're, when we're in the habit of eating them, I, I think that's the, the key thing to break. So just so you know, I would say I cook a lot, right? Like, yeah. like I'm not focusing on eating less processed foods. I'm focusing on cooking more. Mm. Um, and so I would say I get takeaway takeaway, or like eat out at a restaurant or something, not home-cooked food, maybe twice a month. Okay. So that's the kind of ratio I'm looking at. Um, in terms of like when I have a family dinner once a week, which is my family, yeah. and every time I go there, I will allow myself to have the dessert if I want to have the dessert, right? It's never off limits. I think a lot of people, what they do is they reserve eating junk food or processed food for when they're by themselves, right? Like, a oh, you know, I'm gonna go out for dinner with my friends and everyone's gonna have ice cream and I'm not gonna have any ice cream because I've been good. And then you go home and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna have a little bit of ice cream, right? Yeah. Um, and so we get into that relationship. So what you can do is flip that A, so when we're out, and this is what we're talking about, not keeping the processed food at home, when you go grocery shopping, try to create a really healthy grocery cart so that you're filling up your you know, everything with a lot of whole foods. And then when you eat out, give yourself permission to eat the stuff. That's it. When you're socializing, that's the best time to be enjoying these foods. Um, the other thing that I'll do is I'll have – I love. I love chocolate chocolate like my favorite food is chocolate that's been dipped in chocolate that's got like chocolate bits mm-hmm. on it and like that's like my goal food Lovely. um <laughs> and so for me i like to have one or two pieces of chocolate every day yeah and 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 that's and that's what works for me that's what feels good That feels uh, that keeps me from feeling deprived mm. um would i like to change this yeah well i'll work on on getting less processed food bit by bit by mm-hmm. bit and i really have um, if I feel like some, some weeks I have really strong cravings for, for sweet stuff and if I do I'll either make myself up something mm. um, banana ice cream or like bliss balls or yeah. I'll just have you know some normal damn ice cream and yeah. eat it and enjoy it but not spend the entire time getting guilty feeling guilty and beating myself up for this yeah. so this is the thing when we eat processed food right be present enjoy do not spend the entire time berating yourself for the act do, when you, when you, once you've eaten it do not regret the fact that you've eaten it. You either need to like eat it and enjoy it and exist in it and, and, and feel satisfied from it. But if you're constantly going, that was a shit thing to do, I shouldn't have done that, you never really get that sense of satisfaction. You're always going to feel like it's not allowed. And until you change that mindset, those foods are always going to feel a bit problematic.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. So we're going to one or two more questions now because I know we're uh, running out of time. But how do people break those habits? Because um, I find a lot of people with eating, I always talk about this, None of us really know what it's like to be hungry in these countries, right, to be properly hungry like people in third-world countries. So we have these kind of signals which tell us we're hungry, but in reality, a lot of the time we eat out of boredom or sometimes we're more anxious or just purely out of habit, right? Now, I can relate to being hungry, not quite like someone in third-world country, but obviously doing the shows and getting down to like 3 4% body fat, I've, I think I have been hungry a few times, right? But I wanted to say, how do people kind of um get like come to terms with the fact that a lot of the time – they could be eating out of habit, basically.
1: Absolutely, and, and especially when we're told to eat frequently, to keep the yes. metabolism going, or mm-hmm. all these food Myths. rules. Yeah, the, the, bre- the breakfast thing as well, right? So we get into a habit of eating, oh, it's lunchtime, time to go eat. Mm. Um, and, and it does require a bit of discomfort. We've been told our entire lives that hunger is a bad thing. Here are seven tips to help you never feel hungry again. No, we should be feeling hungry multiple times in a day. Ideally, we're never eating before we first have hunger. Hunger is an okay emotion. And I'm not talking about uncomfortable hunger. I'm talking about the type of hunger that feels kind of like, oh, okay, body, I'm listening. What does hunger feel like? I think many people do not even know. And it's different for each of us. But if you've spent your entire life dieting, you're not going to know what hunger feels like. Sometimes it's a gnawing your stomach. Sometimes it's just a sense of feeling that you should be eating. Sometimes it gets to the point where you feel lightheaded and you feel you're a a mean person because you haven't eaten. Now, what we have is we have the hunger scale, which is a really useful way for you to get in touch with your hunger. It's what I talk about in my book. So um, if you want to learn more about that, then definitely check that out. But basically what you want to do is start to rate your hunger knowing that you have to get hungry before you eat when you get hungry you feel so good when you eat Your food tastes better when you are hungry mm, absolutely but we're so scared that what happens if i get too hungry and i lose control why not test it out and see what's, what's the worst thing that's ever going to happen one day just go all right i'm just going to wait i'm not going to eat until i actually get hungry yeah. some people need frequent meals some people eat one or two times a day, and that's what suits them. This idea that we all have to follow some structure is ludicrous, it's outdated, it's silly, and we need to start to change it. So anyone who's giving you a meal plan and saying this is the best way to eat has no idea what they're talking about. Your body knows how to eat, and all you got to do is become okay with hunger and explore that relationship and be okay with being a little bit uncomfortable with hunger. Great, that's it.
0: That's what I was saying to people. Sometimes, you know, being hungry is cool because, you know, not like you said not ravenous hungry that's a dangerous place to be but you know having a little bit of hunger you realize actually you have a glass of water you wait a minute or two and it's actually gone a lot of it like you mentioned then your brain's programmed and, and wired that way so one more thing I just wanted to ask you any tips you have for the listeners to achieve now this is quite a broad question but to achieve you know sustainable health a lot of people listening to this do want to look good aesthetically as well so any any bombs you can drop for them that would be great Lindy um uh,
1: when it comes to habits You gotta check your conditioning, right? Like, basically, if you're sitting in front of the TV, and every time you sit in front of the TV after a long day, you you turn on the TV, you watch your favorite show, and that's when you go, I feel like eating something. Um, this happens to a lot of us. Basically what happens is each time you sit in front of the TV and you eat, you're conditioning your brain to think this is time for food. A bit like Pavlov's dogs with that bell ringing yeah. and starting to celebrate. Oh, yeah,
0: Associations, everybody, So you associate the TV, like you said before, right, with the cinema
1: Exactly. Yeah. So notice those, those, what you're going to call bad habits in your life mm-hmm. and start to pick up the cues. What's giving you a cue? Like if you're go- get hopping into the car and as soon as you hop in the car, you're noticing mm-hmm. some kind of craving, some kind of an unhealthy thing happening, you need to just become really aware of that, that how you've been conditioned at the moment with that environment. And it could be somewhere you sit. It could be somewhere you go. It could be a word. It could be anything. It could be an association and a trigger for us. And if we want to create these healthier habits, we need these better associations, these better triggers in our life. Now, when you open up an app to, to order a takeaway, is that a trigger for something? that you know? Can, can we reshape that trigger to be better for us? Um, what are some other bad habits where um let, let's say do you have a bad habit that you're working yeah. on at the moment
0: yeah so bad habit i guess is i um, just eating too much in the evenings like you said like sometimes i'll get to the evening and i'll be like oh, okay i'll have some food then i end up just like plowing in a copious amount of calories like really soon before bed which is not for the listeners not going to make you fat like people think oh if i eat before bed it's good no, no. it's just because like it's not going to give you an ideal sleep right and it's probably not a great habit to because cool. a lot of people tend to cut back in the day and they binged and even.
1: Yeah, I love this. Okay, great. Quick question Are you hungry at night when you're eating all this food?
0: Do you know what? Right now, I wanted to talk about something else, actually. I'm going against the signals a bit now because I'm prepping for a show. So mm-hmm. it's weird right now because I'm going against the signals. So generally, um, no, I'm not.
1: You're not hungry, right? No, you, generally, no. You, you um, there is a sense of deprivation, of tiredness. You're just like so exhausted by the end of the day mm-hmm. that willpower has been depleted. You need to give yourself permission to eat more food during the day what's happening is you're trying to be really good by the time it gets the evening you're eating more food than you ever would have if you just gave yourself permission to have a little bit more Mm. so you have this idea that of this perfect eating that you're trying to achieve but it's not working Mm. so if you're noticing that this is happening to you you're like good 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 and in the afternoon you're like ah Mm. eat everything add more food into the day like the french people they have like a, a medium breakfast a large lunch and then a lighter dinner, that's kind of ideal, a really nice way to try get yourself to. Um, and are you watching TV or are you are eating this food?
0: Yeah, I try and avoid this. So generally, I, I don't. But for the, actually, you know, for the most part, I do. And I even know that I shouldn't because <laughs> I end up overeating. I'll, go, I'll have a little bit of dessert now. I'll go back to the fridge. And it's normally a healthy dessert, but it's still like a thousand calories, you know, coconut yogurt, all this weird stuff. I have dark chocolate every day, by the way, as well, much, much like yourself. But yeah, so it normally is, which is... I tell you what since you said that I'm so much more in tune with it and it's a great tip to give people just try not to eat in front of the TV
1: that's it i was so hard yeah, just it is. pause it go away if there's one thing you take away from this just do that it's it's going to work
0: awesome and water as well how do you drink more water last last question how could you keep drinking throughout the day so it's always on you or? I have
1: I have like a thermosy style water bottle that Same. keeps it really nice and cold if it's not cold i just i'm just like don't have a habit for it mm. but i carry it around got to carry it right that helps me use less plastic which i'm very for um and then that's the only way i drink more drinking is 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 a habit it's um what you want to do check check the toilet is your pee very yellow if it's too yellow you need to drink more water the more you drink the thirstier you become that that reflex becomes quicker and faster and more responsive so it kinda, you kind of have to start drinking water and then very soon you're going to notice it becomes easier.
0: Great. And where can we find you, Lindy?
1: Find me everywhere, pretty much. So, I mean, type in Nude Nutritionist into Google if you're game, but um, just, <laughs> just don't go into the images. Yeah. You never know what you're going yeah, to find. Just don't
0: forget the nutritionist part, right? right. <laughs> Otherwise,
1: yeah. I mean, that's a whole different <laughs> story altogether. Um, on Instagram, it's nude underscore nutritionist. On Facebook, um, you can check out my book, which is The Nude Nutritionist, in literally all stores in many countries around the world. And Back to Basics is my new program that's just launched.
0: Awesome. awesome. Thank you once again for your time, Lindy. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Cheers, guys.